and welcome to another MLEX podcast. I'm Anna Rega, Managing Editor for MLEX's London Bureau. The UK has gained a reputation for being a safe haven for foreign suspect cash. It is estimated that around £100 billion in tainted cash could be passing through the UK each year, through real estate deals or the purchase of other high-value luxury assets. In a bid to shed this label, the UK adopted the 2017 Criminal Finances Act, under which the owner of an asset can now be ordered to explain how they were able to afford that asset. Ben Lucas, our corruption correspondent in London, is joining me today to talk about the so-called unexplained wealth orders and a landmark court ruling challenging against their use by the police. Hi, Ben. Hi, Anna. Ben, you've been reporting on the UK's first ever unexplained wealth order and the subsequent court action against its use. What is this court case about? So this case involves um, two properties worth a total of £22 million. Now, all we can say at this point is that they belong to a Mrs A because the hearing went ahead under the protection of a strict anonymity order. But the National Crime Agency believe that these two properties are ultimately linked to her husband, known as Mr A, and whom it argues is a politically exposed person. Now, this is an individual... Um, normally in a prominent position in public life who is considered to be at a higher risk of being involved in corruption. And all we know at this point about Mr Ray is that he has been um, convicted for fraud and is currently in jail um, in a country which hasn't been identified but is always known as it's a non-EEA state. So this wouldn't be in the UK, this is outside? Yes, the, the unexplained wealth orders only apply um, to individuals outside of the European economic area, uh, so not to UK or EU um, public officials, um, and he worked at a bank uh, in that non-EEA uh, country from 1993 to 2015. So those are the facts that we know about the case uh, thus far. And my understanding is that this concept of a politically exposed person was at the centre of this latest yes. uh, court case. Can you just tell us a little bit about what the police agency arguments were, what the defence lawyers were saying? Sure. So the defence arguments really here in this case were that Mr A wasn't a politically exposed person. Um, that I mean, the lawyer in this case actually went as far as to say um, he was a, quote, fat cat international banker to kind of underline his point. Um, but the key argument um, they put forward here was that in the, in the order to um, prove that um, Mr A was a politically exposed person, the NCA had to show that Mr A had been entrusted, this is the key word, entrusted with a public function. And they said there was no evidence to show this point. And, and more broadly, the NCA said, well, you know, a PEP is an intentionally broad definition because this is about highlighting risk mm. in potential sort of money laundering or corruption um, issues for when banks or um, other companies have to flag these sort of risks. But they argued this isn't about identifying risk at this point. This is actually now at this stage of an unexplained wealth order is really about um, you know, investigating a well-founded suspicion and therefore the NCA should be forced to satisfy a much more tightly scripted definition of what a politically exposed person is. And I take it this, this, whatever the courts come out with on politically exposed people, that will then influence how other court cases go and, and other investigations as well. Absolutely, yeah. Now, this is going to be the key point that um, the judge um, looks at uh, when the ruling is set to come out in September. 
And but there were there were other arguments that um, uh, the defence put forward. For example, the fact that he was convicted uh, for fraud. They said that um, you know he didn't receive a fair trial uh, in in his country. You know that that his legal team was denied access to evidence, wasn't allowed to cross-examine witnesses, etc. So ultimately, this doesn't prove anything. And it would be quite difficult for a UK judge to rule on something that wasn't carried out in this jurisdiction. I think. The point that they're trying to make there around the right um, was the right of a fair trial, and this is something that is considered quite sort of sacrosanct within sort of you know UK court proceedings. That you know, and the right to a fair trial should be something that's taken very seriously um, within this case, and that was the point they were really trying to push there. But you know, as well, there was talk of you know the risk of self-incrimination mm-hmm. with an unexplained wealth order. Um, for Mr and Mrs A that they could be subject to further proceedings linked to this case in the non-EA state, as well as, you know, they said there wasn't enough evidence ultimately to bring this unexplained wealth order. The judgment is coming out in September, you said. Do we have any take on, on what we can expect from this? It will be interesting to see what the take is, because then again, the prosecution also put forward quite strong arguments against, against those of, um, of the defence. And, and in particular, they said actually the definition of a PEP doesn't really matter in this case. What, what matters, what's the, quote, primary condition, they said, was about proving that there were reasonable grounds to suspect that the individual had acquired these assets um, and that they seemed too valuable in comparison to their known legitimate income and definitions of a politically exposed person um, or whether they're linked to serious criminality was the sort of secondary um, factor thereafter. Um, they also hit back saying, you know, well, it doesn't matter if we don't have all the evidence at this stage. It's an investigation, and this is an investigative tool. Yeah, it doesn't mean that the person will, in the end, be their assets will be confiscated. This is just a means to to investigate their legitimacy. A means to investigate further, exactly. And and the other thing that obviously made the headlines in this case was the um, the NCA brought up a lot of facts about uh, Mrs A's, you know, luxurious spending, and this was the thing that hit the headlines about Mrs A having spent sixteen million pounds at the high-end London store Harrods over a period of 10 years and, you know, in one day in particular spent, I think, £150,000 on Boucheron jewellery. So I'm again, not sure what that is. <laughs> high-end French jewellery, so, yeah, I, I, so I'm uh, told. But these, these are all the things that the judge has got to take into account, but he sort of um, seemed to hint at the end that this definition of a politically exposed person and, and how that definition fits within the unexplained wealth order process and what um, things need to be satisfied by the NCA when going ahead with this is something that I think this judgment is going to give some clarity to and will be really useful going forward when you know these um, unexplained wealth orders are used uh, more often. I mean, from, from, from an outsider's point of view, it seems like these unexplained wealth orders are a way forward into cleaning up um, some of uh, corrupt cash coming into the UK. But do you think these alone will, will resolve the problem? I don't think unexplained wealth orders are on their own are a solution. I think, you know, money laundering is, you know, it's, it's quite a big problem for, for London and, and, you know, it does affect its reputation, but it's, it's just one line of attack right now. Um, and it still remains to be seen, you know, how productive they'll be in practice, how much evidence, you know, um, investigators will actually be able to, to get out of these, whether they'll be constantly um, fought and challenged and, you know, they actually prove to be quite difficult. Um, and also, yeah, how readily they will use them. But I think that there are other reforms that need to happen and are happening, for example, with the, uh, the SARS regime, that's the suspicious activity reporting uh, regime. This is how banks and companies um, flag money laundering suspicions. 
Um, the UK Law Commission are currently looking into how that could be made more effective. So, the, so there are many ways in which you know um, London can sort of work to clean up its reputation, and, and unexplained wealth orders are just uh, one way in which this could happen. Ben, thank you very much for your insight on the latest court case. If you'd like to read more about unexplained wealth orders in the UK, you can click on the stories listed below or log on to MX for our latest reporting. I'm Anna Rago, MLEX's Managing Editor in London. I was joined by Ben Lucas, our Corruption Correspondent in London as well. That's all from us today. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon for another MLEX podcast.